0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. We are into the worst time of the year.
1: Yes, well...
0: The hockey list times.
1: Uh, on ice, anyway. I mean, we still have expansion draft, regular draft, free agency. Free
0: development camp.
1: Well, that's considered that I consider that on ice when we actually see skaters again. So, but as far or skating again, I should say. But yeah, right now it is kind of the worst time. There's no hockey being played uh, at, at the professional level at the very least. But again, like I said, we have we have things to look forward to and, and there will be another season. And Whether go ahead. No, I was just going to say whether you're excited for Tampa Bay to try and win a third. Ooh, poor Stanley Cup. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah. Where do we go from here, I guess, is the question.
0: Uh, why don't we look back at the uh, Stanley Cup final? Um, last week when we talked, three games were in the books. Uh, we were very we were somewhat surprised to see to see Montreal come out and actually not only win Game Four, but look like they belonged.
1: Well, it was the one game in the whole series, and it was it was actually a a process for them. But in that one game, they jumped out into the lead. They scored first which is something they didn't do in the four games that they lost. But if you go back through their entire playoff run, they scored first most of the time Mm -hmm. when they were winning games. And then they were able to play a more solid defensive game as opposed to against Tampa Bay when most of the time they were chasing the game. Because they were falling behind one goal, two goals, uh, however many, multiple goals. <laughs> so that was that was the big obvious thing for me was that they just didn't jump out in front and then they couldn't get into their routine. And Tampa Bay knew that that was their routine, obviously. I mean, you scout your opponents and it was a big deal that you had to get out in front of them. They couldn't just sit back and, and defend stoutly and, and let Carey Price be Carey Price, or at least the way he had been in the first few rounds.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think, though, that they're just... That, given me... Given the lack of deep playoff experience in Montreal among guys who have been there more than two seasons, I think that they're also really a lot more comfortable on the ice as the front runners Um, that's going to need to change for them to advance. I mean, uh, back to the Stanley cup final. Um, Yes, they had a really, uh, they had a really, really mixed roster. You know, you had Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield at the young end. And then you had, you know, Corey Perry and Shea Weber, at the upper end uh, as far as age. And for guys like Shea Weber, Carey Price, that could be their only trip to the Stanley Cup final.
1: Uh, Are you you saying they're done? They're going to retire? Or are you just saying the team's not going to make it back?
0: The team might not make it back, or at least not in the next year or two. Uh, It's hard to get to the Stanley Cup final. And I really can't, Imagine that they're going to manage to re-sign everyone who was on the roster. Um, it, it just logistically, it just doesn't make. Well, it just doesn't seem likely.
2: No,
1: I, and I, and I agree. I mean, they got one, two, three, four. They got five UFAs on that team, and we're starting with starting with Corey Perry, who's thirty-six. I mean, what do you do? Then you've got Eric Stahl, thirty-six you got two 28-year-olds in Armia and Dano, who I think Dano is going to get – and Deneau going to get a contract. If he uh, wants you've one. Got, you've got Tatar at 30, who I don't know that they – I don't know that Bergevin goes after him. Uh, and then you've got two RFAs in uh, Kotkaniemi, who uh, you're going to make an offer to, and Aturi Lekinen, who you're probably going to make an offer to. He has arbitration rights.
0: I can't, I can't see them letting both of, or either of those two go. Um, right. But so, then the back end is complicated as well.
2: Well,
1: complicated in in how? I mean, you've only got two UFAs on the defense in John Merrill and Eric Gustafson.
0: Uh you still need well, but you've only got uh, the guys you have signed. Uh, Alexander Romanov, he's not a regular player. He's he just, will be. Uh,
1: no, That's nice be, to hope about. I I don't know. They they like him in Montreal and I don't see them letting him He's got another year on his entry level, but I don't see them letting him get away even after that. It may not be a huge deal, but I mean they're going to they're going to keep him around. They like him up there. I mean, it Shay Weber is signed through. He, he, he signed one of those crazy contracts back when he was with Nashville and Phil, and Philadelphia forced Nashville's hand by throwing an offer sheet at him that was ridiculous. ridiculous. Huge. And in order for Nashville to hang on, Poyle had to match. he did. Uh, you got Petrie who signed one year less than Weber. So your your top two defensemen are going to be around for a while.
0: And Edmund. the upcoming season, though, they have a total of 15 players signed, and they have, uh, let's see, they're going to have projected uh, $14.5 million in cap space.
1: They're, uh, well, yeah, they're theoretically, not in any—
0: Theoretically, they could resign everyone who is a UFA or an RFA mm-hmm. and stay under the cap, barely— <laughs> um, i don't
1: know that i mean do they do they offer stall and perry contracts i i at 36 i mean it would be one they would be only one year deals because of the the 35 plus um
0: perry i would absolutely say yes one or two i would even go two years really he looked he he never looked bad on the ice uh throughout the postseason not once.
1: And okay, but there's looking bad and then there's actually being productive.
0: And he was I mean, he was playing a fourth line role and he put up what was it, six goals, five goals in the postseason? Four goals, six assists, um, for ten points in twenty two games as a fourth liner. You can't ask for more than that. You can't expect more than that. In fact, that's more points than he put up. In the pre- previous playoff run last year, in 27 games for the Dallas Stars. So it's okay. not like he's falling apart. And again, in 57 games last year with Dallas, who who was definitely offensively challenged, um, he had 21 points, uh, 5 goals, 16 assists. This year for Montreal, 9 goals, 12 assists for 21 points again in 49 games. If there's if there's a cliff, he hasn't hit it yet. He's not the guy, he's he's not going to score 40 goals anymore. But you're not talking about a guy who's going to be, uh, in the last three games, panicking, uh, panicking to get his first goal of the season, having played 70 of them.
2: Okay. I I,
1: I mean, it. it's not like there was a drop-off between... 2020 and 2021 i mean he's still he, he same number of points in 12 less games uh while having the same average time on ice per game 13 and 13 minutes and 44 seconds and 1343 the year before yeah i know i agree that there hasn't been a drop off i just don't know that there might be somebody in their system and i haven't gone through their system but there might be a, a younger body that could fill that role.
0: Given yeah. how much young talent is on the ice right now, I don't know how many more young bodies they have to put in, into the, into the league.
1: Well, how many young bodies are we talking about? I mean, you got Suzuki, you got Caulfield, and Yemi uh, uh. I mean, and, and that's 21, ages 21, 20, and 21, respectively.
0: Even Jake Evans is still fairly young. I mean, he's one of their draft picks. Uh, he just turned 25. Um,
1: and I, it, it was good to see him come back before the end of the playoffs. I mean...
0: Uh, Alexander Romanoff is 21.
1: He's got, he's got enough... He's got enough veteran presence around him that they will be able to take him under wing, though. I mean, Weber, again, going to be there forever. Jeff Petrie going to be there forever. I mean, even Joel Edmondson's got three years, got another two years on his deal before he's a UFA. Uh, Don't know if I'm wild about Brett Kulak, but uh, he's got another year. I'm sorry, Edmondson has three more years. Benchara got he has another year. I mean, Alexander Romanoff's got enough veteran presence around him that I don't think he's a liability age wise. I mean, the youth the youth on the forward in the forwards is uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from Suzuki and Kakanyemi. Obviously, Cole Caulfield is is as advertised as far as being the goal scorer. It would be nice to see a full season out of him and what he can actually do. I think Perry does get a one-year deal. Personal opinion, I think they offer him a one-year deal to keep him around and, and shore up that fourth line until the, they can figure out where they go from here type of thing. Eric yeah, Stahl? I mean, I mean, is Eric Stahl and and the other one is Eric Stahl? I mean, what do you do with him?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm going through some of their prospects now. Um, looking at the guys who played in Laval last year, I don't know how much more there is in the system right now. I mean, you had Cameron Hill uh, Hills play 18 games for the Rocket and get one goal, no assists, just one goal. Um, you had Ian, uh, Mysack. He was a late second round pick in 2020. Um, he played in the Czech Republic. Well, he played in Laval two games, two goals, and that's a, a two games, two goals in 22 games. He played in the Czech Extraliga and got zero goals in 11 games. Okay. Uh, Czech Republic International, U-20, he had seven points in nine games. And then he played in the EHT um, one assist in two games. He's not NHL-ready at this point. No, um, And you've got uh, – what's his name? Yesi uh, Jolen. Um He was a late second – or early second-round pick in 2018 – um he had one NHL goal a game last season, no points. Um he played for the he played twenty-nine games for Laval nine, eight, and seventeen. Okay. And then he played for Pelican of the Extra Liga twenty-one games uh five, two, and seven. I mean he might be NHL ready, but is he going to put you over the is he going to contribute more? Than a Corey Perry, uh, especially at his size, he's six one and one sixty eight. Okay. Is so is he going to contribute more than Corey Perry or Eric Stahl? My answer is unlikely.
1: Do you? Okay. I and I was just I was just taking a gander at Stahl's number, and if I had to venture another guess, uh, like I said, the first one would be that they give Perry a one year deal. I don't know that they're going to give Stahl... I mean, Stahl was combined between Buffalo and Montreal. We're talking... Nobody
0: scored in Buffalo.
1: We're talking 53 games. He had 13 points. Now, granted, yes, he was a minus 20 in Buffalo, but then he was a minus 10 in Montreal for minus 30, and we're talking almost 15 minutes of ice time, face-off percentage was not where he'd like it to be uh, it's the lowest of his career actually at 49% nope I lied he had a year where he was at 41.8 so he's actually when he when he when he first uh, third fourth year in the NHL he was actually very low face-off percentage and then he worked on it got better so it's on the downward trend now. I don't know. I I, I think it's either gonna be Perry gets a one year deal and Stahl gets nothing, but your what you just presented to me, maybe they do give Stahl a one year deal as well.
0: And, and And you know what, even if he even if he looks okay and one of those guys starts blowing up the AHL mm-hmm. you can always you can always demote him hope he gets picked up on waivers or move him for future considerations to someone who's got uh, all sorts of injuries and needs a warm body.
1: Now, if you look at the other side of the ice, and you look at the winners,
2: Uh they got some issues. Tampa's
0: whole situation is... is
1: they've got they i mean granted they've only got 3 UFAs and and to one of them you'd go yeah that's not happening because Jemel Smith is a UFA <laughs> but the other two UFAs i think they're going to end up losing or losing at least one of them because it's Barkley Gujo and Blake Coleman I, and
0: I i can you can pretty much guarantee that Blake Coleman will be signed somewhere Oh, somewhere,
1: but not by by Tampa Bay, I don't think.
0: I think both of them, if they make it to free agency, get signed the first day elsewhere. Blake Coleman is way too valuable, a bottom six forward, not to be on someone's roster. And it will not shock me if someone just tosses him a three or even a four-year deal at a reasonable price to get him signed day one. I, and I know that four years for a four, third or fourth liner is more than most teams want to go with. Um, although if he can return to the numbers that he had in New Jersey, where he was admittedly getting a lot more minutes than he probably then probably justifiable elsewhere. You've got a great second liner, but
1: and then, um, yeah, no, I I agree. I'm 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 thinking. Barkley Goudreau, I think they're going to let him skate away, too.
0: And they're still going to have to move people.
1: Well, they got two UFAs, and and David Savard, I don't think, is going to end up being a Tampa Bay Lightning player beyond this year.
0: I don't see Luke Shen back there.
1: Luke Shen at 31 is going to be uh, somewhere else. I and they, and like you said, they still, even even if they only sign out of those four guys, even if they only sign Blake Coleman, and I don't, and again, I don't think that happens either. I don't think any of these guys get signed. They still have cap issues.
0: They have seventeen players signed for the upcoming season, out of you know a twenty-one man roster. Yes, they're already and, over the cap. Uh
1: huh. As we were talking almost, about yesterday,
2: cap
0: chair. They're, they're at 85 and change with a salary cap of 81.5. That math doesn't work. <laughs> you legitimately can't even start the season if you're over the cap. So, <laughs> it, in order to get to six defensemen, they, I mean, we'll just assume that they re sign Cal Foot for whatever. <laughs> He's one, in. one and a half, whatever whatever it costs to get him for next season. Mm-hmm. And that's the six defensemen, so him and the five six. guys that are there. <laughs> him and the five guys who are already signed. Yandra, yeah. Eric Cernak, Mikhail Sergeyev, Ryan McDonough, and Victor, Victor Hedman.
2: Well. They're
0: going to have to move like two forwards this off season just to be able to throw a bunch of rookies or veterans on league minimum on their roster. Braden point seems to be one of the guys who's pretty obvious, uh, is going to get a high return because he's an RFA, uh, at the end of next season with arbitration rights. So we know at this point he's going to get a raise. It's yes. just given.
1: He's gonna. Well, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they're making him some kind of offer before the end of uh, before the end of next season. It's either gonna be during the season or it'll be this summer. But yeah, they're tra- gonna.
0: I think they trade him this year, this off season.
1: You think they're gonna trade Point?
0: They almost have to. they to I think they're,
1: gonna, they, they're, I gonna I gonna think they're more inclined to trade Stamkos than Point.
0: But I don't see them trading Stamkos. Stamkos,
1: six years older, more expensive. uh,
0: Sells way more jerseys.
1: Injury. Yeah, Braden Point has got six years to catch up on that, though. No. Braden Point is the future of Tampa Bay. No. Stamkos is 31 years old and has a couple of leg injuries that were serious.
0: No one goes to no one goes to a Tampa Bay Lightning game to see Braden Point. They go to see so, uh, they go you. to see Stamkos. They go to see Kucherov. They go to see Hedman. They go to see Vasilevsky and his amazing pads. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if you're trying to tell me that Braden Point is in the top five reasons that someone goes to a Tampa Bay Lightning game and he's not a member of their family and they're not a member of his family, yeah, uh huh
1: you don't think the Tampa Bay fans go to see Braden point really.
0: And the other forward, I think they're going to trade, uh, or, or who they might end up losing in the expansion draft is actually Tyler Johnson. He seemed to have a revival in the playoffs this year. Um, he looked more effective even when he wasn't scoring, than I've seen him in a couple of years.
1: years. Uh, that one, I'd be more inclined to agree with you. I just don't, I don't see them letting Point get away. He's the future How of the else? franchise.
0: How else are they going to get on?
1: It, because you can't deal away the future. You can deal away Stamkos and survive. If you deal away Point now, you may as well say, you know what, we're not concerned about the next few years. Which are like, I don't know, his prime years. He's twenty five now. Stamkos is starting to slide down. Is gonna, or is sliding down the backside. I mean, he's thirty one. Going to be thirty two. Stamkos
0: has a no movement clause. Braden Point has no restrictions on being vote.
1: And you can certainly get other team you can certainly get him to make a list of teams he's willing to go out. what is his no movement clause anyway
0: it's a full no movement clause
1: nothing about him picking teams it's a or... full
0: no movement clause alright you can't, you can't even you can't even like wait, put him on waivers without his permission
1: <sighs> okay I'm telling you that I, they're not gonna lose point. It, I I don't see it happening. Uh huh. At 25 years old, the the way that kid plays, and and granted, even during the playoffs, I was saying, you know, they're like, oh, he's got all these goals, and you know, well, he scored half of them on the power play. To me, that means that he can't score even strength. But you even said that you'd take him in a heartbeat. And that's fine. I would, too. The kid's a, a, the kid's a huge talent.
0: Okay, but here's the here's the flip side of your argument. Which guy is going to get you the bigger return? And how many teams actually have eight-plus million uh, in cap space to take on Stephen Stamkos' contract? Because this is a salary dump, primarily a salary dump, so that you can get other people onto the roster.
1: Braden Point's not exactly cheap money here. He's six and three quarter mil.
0: More teams have eight point three percent of the cap than ten point four percent of the cap.
1: Okay, I I'm I don't see Breesbaugh doing it, but
0: and again, one has three years of term left, so three years of st- well, Braden Point again. Uh, Braden Point is younger. If you're if you firmly believe that Braden Point is a bigger attraction than Stephen Stamco's, which of these two do you think is actually going to get
2: a bigger return?
0: If you think it's if you think Braden Point yep. is the future, you must but- say him.
1: But that goes against. But that goes against your argument because if you're telling me that Stamkos is the bigger draw, then he's going to get the bigger return.
0: That's my argument. But your argument is that Braden Point is the bigger draw.
1: And they're going to and hang on future. to him, yes. Uh, and that that they would deal Stamkos because he would be he would he's going to bring Stamkos more back. He would have term, to
0: agree to be traded.
1: Which is the one difficulty in the whole thing.
0: Yes. Uh if he doesn't want to be moved, it's insurmountable. The only thing you can do as a franchise at that point is shoot yourself in several tender places and <laughs> tell the fan base, "Yeah, we're not playing Steven Stamkos this season. We're going to wait for him wait, to decide once wait wait, wait, wants wait, to be wait.
1: They do They do that every year because they didn't play. They didn't play Kucherov. So, what's the argument there? You can't sit there and go, "Well, you know, we're going to tell the fan base we're not playing Stamkos." Well, first of all, they did that a couple of years ago. Second of all, they do that every year, it seems like, in order to skirt the cap issues. So telling the fan base that they're not going to play Stamkos, fan base is going to be like, yeah, OK, what's new? We, we've seen it before. We didn't have off all year and we finished first. We didn't have Stamkos or, or whoever the year before. We finished first. You know, it. I think that the fan base down there is a little bit is a little bit shielded from the fact that yeah okay losing a talent like that whether it's point or Stamkos or Kucherov they're still finishing is- at the top of their division they're still getting deep into the playoffs so the fan base is going to be like it, it, it's not going to have the effect that it might have in other cities to turn around and tell them that Stam- we're not going to play Stamkos. I don't think that that wor- I don't think that argument works because I think the fan base is a little bit uh, I don't know if shielded is the right word, I know I just used it, but it, it, like they've seen it before, you know it, it, there's no curtain hiding anything. you know, okay, well, we did it before, so we'll do it again.
0: That's having not having him in the regular season, not not having him in the postseason. And getting nothing out of it, and also, in order to not play them, you have to at least get them to agree to say that they're injured. If you tell Stephen Stamkos you're not playing him until he's trade until he agrees to be traded, and he doesn't want to be traded, him or his agent are going to say, "Nope, I- I'm perfectly healthy. I-, I, I, I'm able to play," and you're toast.
1: OK, then Brisebois is going to have to do some very interesting new maths and try to figure out how to keep them both. I, it, I I don't see them letting point get away. He's yes, he's going to bring in prospects. He's going to bring in he's going to bring back a huge return, but he's not exactly cheap and he has no term. So wherever he's going, you're getting a rental, whether it's at the trade deadline or at the beginning of the season. It's still a rental for one year. And then he needs a raise, and what team is going to have that kind of money to give him a raise from six and three quarters to what, just under 10?
0: I think he'll probably get what Stamkos is getting now. I don't see him getting nine and a half, ten. 10. He's not ever hit 100 points. He's not ever hit 40 goals. He's He's very good. He's not elite. Okay. I mean, his his highest career point total in the NHL was 18, 19, 92 points in 79 games. That's really great numbers. He did hit 40 goals, actually. But if you're asking as a if you're if one of the things that you're trying to do is reinvigorate your fan base, By adding a big name, yes, Stamkos is more attractive, but you still have to get him to
1: agree agree to go. go I I mean, the last time Stamkos sniffed 40 goals was six years ago, seven years ago. Well, six 2014 15, he had 43 goals and 72 points in 82 games. It's also, uh, since then he's dwindled down 36 goals, 27 goals. Oh, no, I, I lied. He had 45 goals in 18, 19. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. 98 points in 82 games. It's also the last time, two times in the last six years where he's played all 82 games. I, 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 they got to find a way to keep both. Would be the ultimate, ultimate solution. But yes, so what are you going to also, do,
0: Palat and McDonough?
1: Uh, McDonough, maybe. I mean, are they are they stacked on defense? In your opinion,
0: I think their defense is good. I think that. Vasilevsky and his wonder pads there, uh, make him look, make them look even better.
1: But you'll notice they have no other goalie signed anywhere. He's it. So if you're going to ride him like, uh, Carolina road, Cam Ward or, Ouch. or like the Rangers road, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, actually it would be more than that. Cause you have to ride him for all 82 games, which I don't think is humanly possible
0: not in the current NHL now.
1: And not get the uh, you could certainly put him in for 82 games but you are not going to get the numbers that he's put up.
0: <laughs> he would fall off the cliff somewhere. If you're very lucky he falls off the cliff in January, spends as spends February at the bottom of the hill and crawls back up it uh, through March and April and then is back to normal form in the playoffs. I
1: think so. I think they have. I think they have a kid down in 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 the minors somewhere that might still be under contract. Oh wait, yeah, they have three goalies in the minors that are all on entry
0: levels. Hey, Spencer Martin's a pretty solid goalie. Uh, and then you've got Amir
1: Miftikov. Mif-
0: Miftikov and Hugo Allenfeld. <laughs> Both those, on their entry levels.
1: N- those names all roll off the tongue. <laughs> well Spencer Martin does but the other two no <laughs> I just I, I do not envy Patrice Brisebois this off season at all because yeah you're going to have to lose somebody that's a big name whether it's Pilat, and Pilat would be a draw I mean he plays I'm not saying Pilat's not a draw he's not going to bring back what a point or a Stamkos would but i mean do you do you somehow okay tyler uh, and Johnson again Blot also
0: has a no movement clause
1: yeah that's true, and so does tyler Johnson. well tyler johnson's Well, no, no trade, trade clause. clause, and Tyler Johnson's is modified uh june fifteenth twenty twenty one full no trade clause uh from June 15 21 to 2024 he can submit a 20 team list. Yeah, lots has a 20
0: trade uh, 20 team list. So that's not terrible. Um basically he'd put he'd list the the likely playoff teams. I mean and then teams with no cap space.
1: Tyler might be Tyler might be somewhat attractive because he's got term, but is he a 5 million dollar a year player?
0: I I would still take Tyler Johnson in a uh, in a skinny minute. Well, I think that part of the issue there is that does, he's been buried in the roster.
1: He does play right wing, so you know he's not coming to Boston.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean they they have a lot of good pieces down there, and unfortunately, Brisebois is going to have to decide which pieces he can live without.
0: Well, I think he. I think the question isn't which pieces he can live without; it's which pieces he can restock the war chest with. You know, if you trade for, if you trade the right guys and get the right pieces back, whether it's in draft picks,
1: well, right now,
0: sorry, I was just gonna draft picks, prospects, or uh, or current roster players. And right now, roster players, except for bottom six guys or bottom six dollar amount guys, just aren't useful.
1: But they could use they could use some draft picks because over the next couple of years, they're they've got some holes. I mean, this year, they're not picking until the third round.
0: Yeah, they don't have a second round pick this year or next year. Um,
1: mm-hmm. In next fact, year, second or third.
0: In fact, in the next three drafts, they're currently missing half of their picks in the first three rounds. That's uh, a little worrisome. Yeah. Even when you have a lot of high end talent under under contract for the duration, mm-hmm. that's still a little worrisome. Um, they need to refresh the draft picks and or find young prospects that are going to work in their system. Uh, but they're not the uh, the guys we're discussing aren't the only guys uh, likely to be traded this offseason. We've mm-hmm. talked we've talked about Seth Jones uh, saying that he was not going to resign in Columbus. Um and Vladimir tarasenko for what appear to be really, really, really good reasons, has uh asked to be traded out of St. Louis um after two botched uh shoulder surgeries that required a third one in twenty-eight months because the first two did not fix or even address uh the issue, and those first two were performed by the blues team surgeons.
1: I was gonna say this was quite an interesting read. I, I hadn't I hadn't realized just how many surgeries he had on that shoulder. I know I knew that they done the so, done the shoulder and then went back out again, didn't realize I didn't realize it was the same thing again. But to read it and find out that three shoulder surgeries and that the first two were botched by the team doctors and the third one he went outside of the team. To get it i mean it was a very interesting read and my first question is if they do agree to trade him is the team that he's going to getting tarasenko pre-shoulder injuries or because if if he no really one knows is back, the
0: answer to that is no one knows i think he's okay. closer to the pre-tarasenko um Pre-terra- pre-injury Tarasenko than most people than some of us might fear um but I don't I it's hard it's really hard to sit here and say he's going to be a hundred percent because we really haven't seen him with you know the full recovery time and off season um he just hasn't had the opportunity to be himself yet they played him in an unusual position. They tossed him as the net front presence, partly because he's probably the beefiest forward on the team who can actually skate. Um, and that's that appears to mix into his disquiet with the organization um, because that's not a normal position for him. And quite frankly, if I'd just come back from... Uh, three surgeries in two, in just over two years. Um, I probably wouldn't want to get cross checked, uh, you know, five times a minute in front of the net myself. Um, the Blues are another organization that really needs to restock. Um, they have a okay system, but you look at their actual roster. Their forward group, they're old. Like, they're old.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Ryan O'Reilly, 30. Tarasenko, 29. Braden Shen, 29. David Perron, 33. Uh, Sam Bly is 25, but he's not really a top six forward. Kyle Mm -hmm. Clifford, 30. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie McEachern, twenty-seven, but again, not a top six forward. Nope. Um, and then half the guys who are UFAs or RFAs are also thirty-plus. Mike Hoffman, thirty-one, UFA. Yeah. Tyler Bozak, thirty-five, USA UFA. Jaden mm-hmm. Schwartz, twenty-nine, UFA. Um, Barbashev, twenty-five, Meh. Nah. Zach Sanford, twenty-six, Okay. Uh, Jordan Kiru, 23, uh, still want to see more from him. And then Robert Thomas, uh, 22, still want to see more from him. Those four are all um, RFAs. This team is absolutely going to look completely different than the, than the cup winner a couple of years ago, By certainly by the next trade deadline. Um, almost certainly it's going to have significant turnover before the season even starts. Uh, just assuming you don't get the three UFAs back uh, that's a big, that's a big change there.
1: They've got money to spend, but they've also got a lot of slots to fill at least in the forward positions.
0: Yeah. They're, they're better off in terms of cash versus uh, opening number of openings than some other teams. I mean, they've got 17 players signed and they've got 17 million to fill those other four and a half, five roster spots. Um, That's, and that's before trading Tarasenko. Um, I'm willing to bet, and will, uh, and yes, I will go all the way to the tip of this limb. So write it down. Most important, uh, most important thing you're going to hear this week on Tarasenko's list of teams will not appear the Buffalo Sabers.
1: Wow, <laughs> even the tip of that limb is like. 5 miles wide
0: even see, if they were somewhere higher in the standings which wouldn't be hard i think that eichel's disquiet with their with that team's doctors would probably keep him away
1: i think i think eichel's disquiet with the team itself would keep anybody with a modified no trade clause where they get to pick teams would not pick Buffalo. The fact that the franchise hasn't been successful for years, the fact that it doesn't appear that any time in the near future they're going to get back to that level, and yes, the fact that their star number one ace player actually wants out of town. Yeah, there's a lot going on that people that players are not going to put Buffalo on their list. Plus, it's not a major market.
0: No, it's not. I mean. <laughs> For Tarasenko, he's got two years left on the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, It might actually make sense to go to a bottom feeder for a while for no other reason than because he knows he's going to get all the ice time and people are just going to defer to him and pass to him all the time. And he can go up and put up 35, 40, 50, 50 goals on a bottom feeder and – Plump up that next contract I mean he's won he's won a Stanley Cup um, but if hes if his ultimate goal is to get the next contract and to have it be as big as possible mm-hmm. I, I can see maybe doing that, okay. I'm not saying it's the best idea or the best use of his time because going to an up-and-coming team or a contender, uh, even someplace like Minnesota, uh, where you've got – imagine him and Kaprizov uh, as two of your – as on each – each on either the same power play unit or on your two power play units, and you've got yourself – a compelling case for uh, making it out of the first
2: round. Minnesota. Interesting landing
1: spot. Be interesting to delve into that and see what kind of return, what they'd have to give back to St. Louis. And, And that's the other thing in all this is how picky can St. Louis be because you're gonna have to. They're gonna have to eat some money, I think, in order to make this deal go through. I, I think they're gonna have to eat.
0: I don't know the answer on that one.
1: I think they're uh, gonna have to eat half that, that contract.
0: They're not eating half the contract. I don't see any reason for them to eat half the contract.
1: Really, you don't think they're gonna have to eat some money? Dude?
0: I didn't. You said half the contract, and that's just not going to happen.
1: <laughs> they're gonna have to eat some money because it. it
0: They they will probably have to hold on to one or two million, but having to hold on to fifty percent of this contract for two years, no one's doing that with a flat cap. It's just not going to happen.
1: And they're not going to get the return that they expect either. He's not bringing back first round picks.
0: Oh, uh, he'll still get. They'll still get a first round pick for for him. Wow,
1: really? I don't know. I think that I
0: I don't. I legitimately don't think anyone is taking last year or I don't think anyone is taking the 1920 season all that seriously where he was, by the way, a point per game player in the regular season.
1: And I think, yeah. and I think, sorry, go ahead.
0: And I think that this year that is the 19 and the, the essentially all 2021 season, because none of it was played in 2020. Um, I think that it still gets a big asterisk as well. Um, he played half the games after, again, his third surgery in 28 months. Um, and he he played solidly. I mean, he wasn't spectacular. He wasn't even above average. Uh, but he came okay. back. He scored goals in the playoffs. Two. I-
1: and it was in game four of a series that they get swept out of against Colorado.
0: But he still showed improvement across the course of the season.
1: Okay. And.
0: On a counter, team that admittedly sucked in the playoffs.
1: To counter all that. St. Louis thinking that. You know. Oh if we trade Tarasenko. We're going to get this basket. This this bushel of, of great picks and everything else. The team that you're getting, trading. And, you're not going to. You're talking. Any team that's willing to trade for him. Their first thing is going to be okay, A, got to pass all kinds of physicals and stress tests and everything else. Because three shoulder surgeries, I'm sorry, regardless of whether the first two were botched and the third one fixed it all completely, you've still been cut open three times and doctors have been messing about with muscles and tendons and ligaments and everything else. So cutting him open three times is going to leave question marks. Question marks about his ability to be a team player. Whether he's a front net front presence or not the team asked him to do that and he had issues with it. He did. He also apparently has issues with the fact that Ryan O'Reilly was named captain and not him. Now granted again read the article he wasn't reached for comment but based on what people have seen he was not happy with the situation where he was not named team captain. Is should he have been I don't know I'm not in the locker room but
0: don't you want he, guys who want to be leaders?
1: I do want guys who want to be leaders, but if it affected his on ice performance, and that's going to be a question that GMs are going to use to try and lower what they have to pay for him. I certainly do want guys who want to be leaders. I want him to want to be captain. I Yes. OK, but a GM is going to turn around and say, well, you know, was this his performance is, on the ice affected? Was he in some kind of a funk? And was he throwing a hissy fit like a 12-year-old because they didn't make him captain? I'm not giving you a first-round pick for somebody who's got attitude issues.
0: I think you're going to see a trade very similar in content to the uh, to our favorite trade to Boston by Donnie. Uh...
1: I don't know that Doug Armstrong is as um, foolish as that. Or wait a minute. When you say favorite, are we talking about the New York Ranger deal?
0: The New York Ranger deal.
1: Yeah, I don't think Doug Armstrong is that foolish.
0: Uh, No, I think he's going to be effectively the New York side of that.
1: Yeah, and I don't think other GMs, except for Don Sweeney, are that foolish. Maybe Kevin Adams. But again, we already said Tarasenko's not going to Buffalo, and we both agree.
0: Um, that. I think that I, I, just one, one place that I think probably has to be talked about in terms of trades, given the number of players linked to them uh, who have supposedly asked for trades, um, is, is, is uh, Calgary. And I think that they have the capital to swing him, with or without leaving money uh, behind.
1: Calgary as a partner.
0: They have yep. an extra draft. Uh, they have an extra second round draft pick next year. Mm-hmm. At present, admittedly, they don't have many players signed. They have thirteen players signed for next season, and uh, fourteen in, uh fourteen in cap space. Uh, but supposedly Kachuk has asked out of town, and Goudreau has asked out of town, and that's uh, over. That's almost 14 million between the two of them.
1: A lot of players asking out of town from their current. That doesn't just. I don't know. I. I mean, Kachuk, and and, and I read it in the article, and yeah, his dad was a was a St. Louis Blue, and and. It, does that factor into the deal for one thing I don't know that it necessarily does It's, a, it, I mean it's a family thing yes but I don't know that even swaps like that if, if
2: <clears throat>
1: excuse me if St. Louis is as you put it if this is a salary dump in part then well you said it was a salary dump
0: No, no, no. Bringing bringing back another huge contract. I said that the Tampa Bay need to move someone out was a salary dump. Uh, Tarasenko has asked not to be there anymore because he doesn't trust management, period.
1: Oh, okay. Um, But still dumping his salary and bringing back another huge salary doesn't put you in any better situation.
0: A player who wants to be there is always better than a player who doesn't want to be there.
1: or very nearly if in 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 terms of Calgary, then if you're looking, if you're going to get 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 back a Matthew Gachuk, there's not going to be a whole bevy of draft picks involved as well. Calgary is not going to give up. Matthew Gachuk,
0: who's still an RFA and six years younger. That's that's a win.
1: Okay, not saying it's not a win, but I just don't envision there being a whole lot of future involved in the deal as well there's enough future in Matthew you might get a third round pick or a second round pick but you're not going to get multiple picks and Matthew Kachuk just for Tarasenko Uh,
0: the other uh, another team that has come up uh, a lot in trade talks again uh, are the Coyotes Um, supposedly (sighs) OEL once out of town still or again whichever I, I'd um, say
1: still because it, it's an ongoing thing and his name is going to keep coming up. I mean, and
0: Connor Garland is linked to just about every team in the league that is not, um, that is not Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on wow, they have nobody signed for next year, they have legit three, three defensemen, signed and eight forwards. You
1: and one goalie. Be, you must be talking about Detroit.
0: No no no. I'm looking at I'm looking at Arizona.
1: I'm looking at Detroit. They have three defensemen signed next year. They have six forwards signed next year and one goaltender.
0: Uh what I, Detroit I mean
1: assuming 40, Detroit has forty eight million dollars to spend.
0: <laughs> yeah, Arizona has thirty-one, and that's before OEL's ten move out the move out the door. I'm sorry, eight point two.
1: Detroit has forty-eight million dollars to spend. Their roster size ten. They have twenty-three out of fifty contracts.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done in Detroit. Uh- well.
1: Well, I knew, and I've been saying that since Eisenman took over, and that's why they brought him in, because they want him to work the magic that he worked in Tampa Bay. And I'm sorry, but Patrice Brisbois and Tampa Bay are still reaping the benefits of what Eisenman did while he was there. So they should be sending him some rings along the way in in, in way of thanks. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> But I mean, does he go? you were you were saying earlier, and that's why I looked up Detroit. Should he go to a bottom feeder? and Detroit is a bottom feeder right now?
0: depending on what Detroit signs between now and the start of the season, or effectively the third day of free agency when almost all the big names are done, um, <laughs> they could I not was... they could be a non-bottom feeder next season.
1: I think Eisenman lets a lot of these old I mean, we're talking. Okay, they got friends Nielsen for five for one more year, at thirty-seven years old. But Bobby Ryan UFA thirty-four, Sam Gagne, thirty-one UFA, Bill uh, Voltaire Bill Pula thirty-seven UFA, Glenn Denning
0: might get let, it. If they bring Phil Pula back at thirty-seven, they're out of their flipping minds.
1: Darren Helm thirty-four. He's been a Red Wing forever. But and Luke Glenn Denning, 32 UFA. And then they've got five RFAs, three of which have arbitration rights. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But is that someplace? I don't know. They've got a lot of draft picks there. They've got a lot of. Uh, if you're talking about going to a bottom feeder and my thing is, I don't know that Tarasenko wants to go that route because, yes, he is 29 years old. And wasting a year or two, and wasting in quotes, it, because he's not going to a playoff contender. So in playoff, in players' minds, that would be wasting, I guess. And, and, right. But wasting a year or two at a place like Buffalo or Detroit or um, anybody in California
0: um, or Pittsburgh or
1: yeah. <laughs> bottom Peters. I just I I don't know that that's what he wants, and I don't know if it's going to help him. I mean, yes, will he be the will he be the top performer on the Red Wings if he goes there? I uh, should hope so. <laughs> probably, except for maybe Dylan Larkin, who again, then you just put Tarasenko on Dylan Larkin's you know right wing, and Dylan Larkin is a distributor, so it would work there. And yes, he would get a lot of goals and and Dylan Larkin would get a lot of assists and and they'd probably get along swimmingly. And and, and I don't know. I just I think that the Tarasenko, the Tarasenko project or whatever you want to call it, I think it's going to be more difficult for Armstrong than uh, first thought to believe. Uh,
0: Jumping back to uh, Kachuk, uh, Matthew Kachuk. There is, of course, uh, rumors that he or and instigations in various media um, that he should go to or would want to go to Toronto, who, of course, absolutely needs more forward depth. I mean, <laughs> and to spend a higher percentage of their cap hit on. Wait, on
1: no, <laughs> Toronto is it, it, not learned anything yet.
0: I don't know. I don't even know if Dubis know, cares that Matthew Kachuk is looking, uh, but every time a forward is linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs, like my soul shrivels just a little bit more. Um, wait, wait, wait! Did you read
1: the first pen, the first three sentences of this?
0: Oh yes, I, I did.
1: The Maple but, Leafs need a player like Gachuk. If the twenty three year old wants to be traded, Toronto must head to Calgary and aggressively pursue him. Quite simply, he checks every box the Maple Leafs are missing and what they desperately need to finally win a playoff round. He's a defenseman.
0: <laughs> He's all of the things that they say he is. And I agree I actually agree with that part of the article. He's not
1: a defenseman.
0: <laughs> their forwards their forward group is squishy. Super squishy Okay I mean, Mitch Marner might actually be more physical than anyone else in the top six And Mitch Marner is like the smallest player in their top six You'd
1: have to give up Mitch Marner to get him, but okay
0: You would need to give up Mitch Marner because you don't have any cap space But that's that's a separate story
1: Oh, okay, we're going to just chuck that aside, sure, okay
0: uh, I, I think we've covered that ground a few dozen times. But <laughs> <laughs> this article from uh, the Hockey Writers by uh, Kevin Armstrong talks about the the strong bond between Austin Matthews and Matthew Kachuk from them playing together uh, on the U.S. national development team. Um, there's even a video. Um, Aww. Uh, and... The article mentions that Tarasenko might be headed to Calgary, um, and offers a
2: lot of, a lot of offers up
0: William Nylander as a as a trade piece not in the deal. It. And of course, there is trade history between the two teams going back a couple of years. We're not going into that, um, but yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, Kevin. This is well written.
1: I'm gonna. Have, uh, well, okay, first off, William Nylander it's
0: imaginative Doesn't
1: and get it done um, Unless you're talking Nylander And a whole lot of
2: something else
0: I think Nylander In a first would probably do it No
2: Not enough And to be quite That's honest sad. that said
1: Matthew Kachuk does not play defense
0: but he's still probably a better defender than a third of the – than half of the forward roster and on that team. And there is the problem. <laughs> and at least one or two defensemen.
1: And again, there is the problem.
0: Um, one interesting story uh, I tripped over while doing uh, some prep work for the show. Um, Emerson a uh, former NHL player – Chris Stewart, a uh, former NHL player, uh, have jumped into the ranks of, uh, hockey ownership. Uh, the two of them have purchased, uh, have, have joined, um, the ownership group. of. oh God, where's the name of the team? Long beach, Uh long beach. Uh, what is it? SPHL or, uh, team. um, there are a very 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 small number of uh black hockey owners anywhere uh for two nhl play uh, alumni to jump in and help grow hockey uh across multiple demographics and in places where it probably hasn't really deeply penetrated before that's just huge for the sport um Anyone who's paid any attention to the demographic shift in the U.S. in the last 50 years and the projections for the next 30 years um, has to understand that this is a must-have. If the sport is even going to continue to support 32 franchises uh, in the NHL, much less grow someday or uh, you know grow its viewership from the fourth of the big four – uh, maybe to the second or third i I don't see the NHL or anyone catching the NFL in, in the u s anytime soon. Um, it just isn't going to happen, but if they want to climb out of fourth you you have to be at, you have to appeal to as many potential demographics as possible. Um,
2: uh, they crazy. mentioned
0: some of the other. Uh, some of the other owners, uh, Joe McGinley, uh hmm. he's a co-owner of uh, Camp Loops, uh, Cam Loops of the Western Hockey League. And of course, Emerson Edom is a Long Beach native himself.
1: Well, Emerson Edom is part of the ownership group for the USPHL. Uh, that's Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Chris Stewart is... Uh, owner of the NA3HL team in Minnesota, mm-hmm. which apparently was inactive at the time that he purchased it. but just reading this article, Chris Stewart's a busy busy man. yeah because not only is he in, not only is he part of the ownership group that owns a franchise, but he also works for Philadelphia as a development coach. Because mm-hmm. they hired him right after he retired, uh, he's co-coach and hockey ambassador for the Jamaican national team. yep, I mean this is this guy's busy i mean I, I, a, I'm, I'm, I'm worn out just thinking about all the stuff he has to do
0: <laughs> uh, chris Stewart has uh, he was never the best hockey player on the ice, but he was on the ice because he worked his backside off. And it doesn't appear that retirement, uh, or at least retirement from the league, has slowed that down.
1: Um, he may have retired from hockey, but he's not retired from working, that's for sure. Uh,
0: the article's up on NHL.com, but it's courtesy of a, of a blog that you just really need to start following. Uh, that's The Color of Hockey. Um, they're on Twitter as well. Uh, it's not particularly hard to find them. Um, and definitely, definitely, definitely reach out and tell them that uh, we said hi.
1: Lots of good, yeah, lots of good reading going on there. I love the last bit of this, the the quote. For me, being a guy who was a walk on to the Ontario Hockey League, and I didn't really develop until I was 17 or 18 years old. I think it was important to kind of pay it forward and give guys here a chance in a lower league to help them develop and reach their goals. I was not aware that he was a walk on.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he, I mean, Emerson Edom, he had a couple of injuries that shortened his career, Uh, but he was still, he still managed to be a first round draft pick. So from OHL to first round draft pick, um, OHL walk on to first round draft pick is a pretty steep climb. If he had had one or two more years of development before, uh, you know, playing as a eight, 10 year old and up, who knows, who knows what would have happened. He could have been a top five pick instead of a 29th pick. Yeah. Old story. I know. Um, but I had never, I hadn't encountered it before. Um, Let's uh, set the way back machine for December 8th, 2009. Uh, There's a Toronto Star uh, article by Mark Zlowinski about Brendan Shanahan. Shanahan. So you're going to jump even further back into the time machine. Um, At age 14, Brendan Shanahan is at an arena. Um, His favorite hockey player at the time, or a favorite hockey player at the time, Rick Vive, Uh, is there and, um, Shanahan asks for an autograph and gets
2: snubbed. Four years later,
0: Shanahan is in the NHL. They're in the middle of a nothing game that means nothing to anyone. And lines up against Rick Vive. And as soon as the puck drops, proceeds to pummel him bloody. (laughs) Because he had been snubbed four years ago.
1: For an autograph.
0: And I both love and hate this story. (laughs) Like.
1: I love the quote. It was a quiet, uneventful game. He couldn't believe the rage I had, not only in attacking him, but it took two linesmen to restrain me afterwards and throw me in the penalty box. Over an autograph.
0: I I both love and hate this story because one, a passion for hockey and whoever your heroes are is a huge part of what shapes your life. It really is. People who don't have mentors, who don't have goals end up in really bad places and they probably hurt people aside from themselves on the way there. However, I'm not sure even I'm petty enough and I'm pretty petty sometimes uh, to hold a grudge for four years to the point where I go and beat the snot out of someone just because. It, and
1: first of all, not it, over it's, not so much, it's not so much that he harbored the grudge. It's the way he paid it back when he finally ended it. the, The punishment does not fit the crime. He didn't sign an autograph, and you turned around and pummeled the guy to the point where it took two guys to pull you off of him.
0: And let me be clear. I am the first person to believe that celebrities are paid to do their job, which is to act or to make music or to play their sport or however it is that they got famous. It is not necessarily to interact with their fans. I don't, for the most part, care if anyone ever signs an autograph or if they charge $200 for it. If you're stupid enough to pay $200 for an autograph, whatever. Um, So I don't necessarily blame Vive for not wanting to sign the autograph.
1: Right. I'm not saying— On the other hand, the
0: story is still kind of hysterical. (laughs)
1: I mean, the payback, the better payback was what happened three years ago when Rick Vive introduced Shanahan to his 14 year old son, and Shanahan signed the autograph, took a picture, gave him a piggyback. You know, that's the better payback is okay, who's the bigger man? Instead of beating the guy down on the ice, you just basically. Rubbed his nose in it with his 14 year old son present by turning around and signing that autograph for him and, and, you know, treating him with a modicum of respect and dignity.
0: And admittedly, there's 20 plus years of maturity difference because. Well, there's
1: that too. yeah. Yeah.
0: He's had time
1: to get over it, I guess. Four years wasn't enough time, but, you know, a couple of decades, sure.
0: A couple of decades and some bruised knuckles. Yeah.
1: That's fine. I, yeah, I do. Uh, I I don't expect, you know, I've tried to get autographs in the past. I've never paid for autographs. I've tried to get autographs in the past. And if you get turned down, yeah, it hurts in the moment. But, it, you know, these guys are basically doing a job as well. And nobody comes up to me and asks me for my autograph at my job. So the fact that they have a job where, you know, they they have fans and Yeah, okay, sign a few autographs, but I'm not saying they have to stand around for hours and make sure every single person has one. But it'd be nice to, you know, sign a few on the way out the door or whatever. I wouldn't harbor them right, I wouldn't hound them right after a game, like as they're coming off the ice. But yeah, I mean, usually crowds gather after they come out of the locker room and, you know, they usually sign a few autographs along a rope line or something like that, so... Yeah, you didn't get the autograph at the time. I guess the phrase is, get over it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Seek therapy, get over it, whichever way you want to put it. Debbie beating
1: the guy, just beating the guy senseless seems a little bit over the top. <laughs> um, but hey, these things happen.
0: <laughs> Stephen Johns, uh, as we all know, is, got knocked out of hockey Uh Uh, Through post-concussion syndrome He's 29 years old
1: Has he officially called it a day?
0: I believe he's officially called it a day Um, He sat up last year of his contract Then returned home uh, To Pennsylvania Um, He decided that he is actually going to Skate across the U.S.
1: Skate across the U.S.
0: Roller skate, roller blade, whichever. Uh, oh, okay.
1: I was going to say skating might be a little bit difficult, but okay.
0: Uh, he's recorded his uh, his journey on Instagram, um, and it's all about it's all about just making sure that people are aware of the difficulties that can come with this sort of injury. Uh, it's a really interesting read. It's on ESPN. Um, it's dated, uh, the 6th of July, Emily Kaplan's article. Um, and if you look for the hashtag mental miles, uh, you'll track it down. Um, it's just something that I think people should be aware of. Um, we don't normally cover a lot, uh, of not of off the ice stuff. Um, he met up with a couple of other, uh, NHL players, Bobby Ryan, um, uh, former Masterton reader. He met up with uh, former teammate, Joe Pavelski um, worth a read. Uh, it's about a five minute read for most people, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I, I think this is one of those things that even if you're not a sports person, concussions can happen to everyone. Uh, I know people who have gotten concussions in some fairly odd ways, and the more we learn about them, the better treatment we can develop for them. Um, Even if we can't always prevent them, uh, I think the better for everyone.
1: Concussions. I mean, you watch the hockey players that get concussions. I mean, you go look at, at Mark Savard for one thing. I mean, Never the same. Still has issues with, um.
0: Oh yeah, Even
1: like and I mean, still has issues with light, uh, photosensitivity. I mean, it, it still has issues with sleeping. He's come out and said, I mean, uh, concussions are nothing to. I mean, Oh yeah, he's out. He's got a concussion again. I mean, it's nice that sport is finally recognizing it. And when I say sport, I mean all sport. And you know, they they have rules for it. And in soccer, you get uh, as far as getting people off and uh, replacing them. They get extra replacements. And in you know, in hockey, you know, stopping for head injuries. The issue is that you still have. the player has to recover from it. And the more, like you said, the more that we can shed light on the subject, the more research can be done. And I commend Stephen Johns for doing this. And I do hope that he clears up his post concussion issues.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Where was I?
1: This was a good read. I mean, I read this. It was a good read. It, it, but yeah, it's something you want to sit down and digest. I mean, it's not just a quick, let me skim it. and.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Kelly Cup has gone up. Uh, July, the Fort Wayne Comets uh, of the ECHL won the Kelly Cup uh, for, as league champions. Um, and this year's coach is someone uh, we're probably going to be familiar with uh, going forward. Um, Ben Boudreau um is their coach. Uh, led Fort Wayne to a sixty, forty, and thirteen regular season record in two seasons as head coach. Um, nine and four mark in this year's Kelly Cup uh playoffs. Um, including six and including a six and one record over its final seven post game um uh, oh. postseason contests. Um, he's a former coach of the uh, Mississippi Seawolves, uh, or actually he co- or his father coached the Mississippi Seawolves to the Kelly Cup championship in 99. Um, given all of the openings that we, we're seeing across the league, uh, with coaches being moved out of the AHL um, into the NHL, he's either a head coach or an assistant coach. There might be an opening for him to move on, uh, if if it's his time. I mean, just here in Boston, they lost uh, Jay Pandolfo to uh, to moving on to the Seattle franchise, uh, and I know that there's at least one other AHL opening as well. It might be might be Ben's turn to uh, take the jump.
2: Okay.
1: I I'd like to see a little bit more, but yeah, I I can't disagree with it. I'm I'm trying to find a way to have the opposing argument on this one, but I don't have one. Except that it's ECHL, and does, I mean,
0: admittedly, it is his first year as a head coach, um, so it may it, take a little while longer. But could it, I mean, should he come up?
1: And be an assistant first and learn.
0: Oh, that's
2: how that the was league operates.
0: Five years. Uh, five years as an assistant coach in the E. Um, I would. I would take him as an assistant uh, coach in the AHL right away. I, I'm not saying I'd make him a head coach in the AHL or the NHL.
1: I mean, Bruce but, doesn't have a job right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Bruce is also uh, somewhat older. Ben is 36 years old, so he's younger than some of the players in the NHL at this point, or the AHL for that matter.
1: True, very true.
0: Um, <coughs> but it might be interesting to see him because uh, he's uh, – before the Fort Wayne Comets, uh, he was at the, Nor- Nor- the Norfolk Admirals okay. for two years and then the Bakersfield Condors for a year.
1: Wow. So, I mean, he's he got a little bit of a history in the lower levels. Uh, I mean, he, at 36, he's doing it the right way. You start out, learn, learn the ropes. Uh, yeah, I could see him coming up as an assistant and then, you know, maybe in his early 40s getting to be a, a, a head coach or sooner if he if it's proven that like he's handling the defense for a team like Phil Housley was. It turns out that Phil Housley, not as good a – Head coach, as he was an assistant running the defense for Nashville.
0: Uh, is it? Is it though? Because let's face it, he was trying to. He was about the ninety seventh voice in three and a half years in Buffalo, and,
1: and uh, yeah, that's true too. I mean, can you really gauge him based on his one opportunity to this point? I mean, he went back and became an assistant elsewhere, but where is he? Is he Pittsburgh now? I believe.
0: Honestly, off the top of my head, I don't remember.
1: I want to say it's like Pittsburgh, but yeah, I did. I mean, I, I like Phil Housley. I mean, the defensive style that he ran. So yeah, can we bring Ben Boudreau? And and I think that at some point, yeah, he's going to be a head coach. Uh,
0: I think he's got the
1: pedigree. So sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Um, We talked about, uh, Ben, Ben, it's going to be interesting. I think we will see him in a in the A or the N at some point, point. Uh, and it's a name worth tracking. Uh, we talked a little tiny bit about uh, Vasilevsky's pads, um, which I might make my new Twitter handle. Uh, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Vasilevsky's pads? Yes. Okay. Oh, quick clean up! Phil Housley, assistant coach with the Coyotes. Sorry, back to Vasilevsky's pads.
0: Uh, you had found a story on them. Uh, if you look at some of the posts, yeah, this some is... of the pictures. Um, mm-hmm. There is some interesting commentary around the league because when you show when they show that final picture, uh, handshake line picture. He's just a tiny bit more um <clears throat> filled out than Carrie Price, despite there only being a five pound difference.
1: And, the two players. Yeah.
0: and they're about the same height. They're both listed as six three.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, listed- scouting the
0: Refs is one Go of those ahead. sites that has pictures of the pads up. Um Are they bigger? Um, well, here's here's an interesting <laughs> thing. There's a signature from uh, senior director of hockey operations visible on one of Vasilevsky's pads uh, from during the from is, during the
1: so the playoffs. That, so is that how they acknowledge that the pads are legal, like the pads like had in been boxing? Been Like in boxing, they have to – the gloves have to be inspected and the tape jobs, and so they initial – the whoever's checking it actually initials right on the wrist where the tape job is so that they know that it's done legally or whatever. So a signature from this guy on your pads means that your pads are legitimate and not oversized or in any way breaking the rules. There we go.
0: Well, the it says that you can't if it's if it's already signed, you can't challenge that. Um, the okay. scouting the refs article is from just before game three on July 2nd. Um, so this is something that people have had uh, some questions about Um. for a while. But here's the thing. Sitting here right now, I can think of a couple of ways that this could be managed, because if you look at the picture. Yes. Um, of the back of the pads, there's the front of the pads. They're sewed up half over that signature. Mm-hmm. Call me suspicious, <laughs> call me paranoid, or just a little bit out of my tree. Um, you wouldn't be the first, probably won't be the last. Um, but if those pads are sewed on over the signature, isn't it just barely possible that... Maybe some part of the equipment could have been reassembled in the time uh, since the signature was applied to that bit of material. And that maybe the new assemblage is not exactly what rolled out of the factory or exactly what was signed.
1: Is the signature dated?
0: (laughs) Uh, I do not know.
1: Because if he signed it and dated it as to when he, you know, then we have an idea of when he signed it. He could have signed it weeks ago.
0: But one way or the other, those pads at uh-huh. the, the I'm, I'm more concerned with the upper body pads than necessarily the leg pads. Uh huh. Because it oh. looks like he's got a sumo suit on under his jersey.
1: He looks huge.
0: I'm sorry. He looks closer to like Three hundred and forty pounds than the two twenty or so that he's going to be listed
1: at. My favorite part of all this is, and and it gets a lot of play on Twitter. It does, but my favorite part of this is somebody else come out and goes, "Oh, I can explain it. It's the camera angle and Vasilevsky is closer." Okay, but there's multiple photographs and one particular photograph where they are standing chest to chest and they are clearly the same distance away from the camera. And Vasilevsky looks huge.
0: Vasilevsky is listed at 216. Given that they played their home games in Florida, he played every single game of the playoffs.
1: He Yeah, there's no way he managed there's, to maintain weight.
0: <laughs> there's no way he managed to maintain weight. He was probably down to 208, maybe even less. Um, no. There's something hinky.
1: I mean... The 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 underlying thing here and, and my takeaway right at the start that I read this was it doesn't matter because the NHL is not gonna do anything about this. Gary Bettman is not going to turn around and suddenly start taking championships away from anybody. No. And it it, it so, matters,
0: but it's not nothing is going to be done. I, I genuinely think that this is one of those things that should happen when the players skate onto the ice at the start of each period. Uh, I think that the the pad, the equipment, should be measured, like the pad should be measured by the by the officials when they come on.
1: Hey, they're checking they're checking baseball players' equipment for sticky stuff now, like whenever they come off the field at the end of an inning. So
0: um and i think that you know the maybe maybe the shoulder pads and upper body equipment gets measured uh before each game and before each period before each period maybe but you know at 10 minutes at, at, or at an the hour very least the
1: game. yes i agree and at the very least it should be done in the playoffs because the, yes. the stakes are obviously higher. I mean, if you don't do it in the regular season, I don't like it. But, okay, I think that it sets a precedent if you do it in regular season and then start doing it in the playoffs as well. But even if you just wait and, and do it in the playoffs because of the ramped up importance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, something needs to be done. Because I don't care how you want to cam- angle the cameras or – Look, Try and I've sit t- there and use physics to to you know, in some sort of algorithm to make it and an, a, a, a cogent argument. It's crap. He is huge compared to Carey Price. I've I taken don't care.
0: Five or six digits worth of pictures, including of hockey players from all sorts of angles, multiple cameras, multiple camera lenses, um, uh, out, outside in nature, inside whatever. There's something a little tiny bit hinky here.
2: Yeah.
1: And the other argument is that the other argument was that Vasilevsky also looks taller than Carrie Price. Okay, we all know that when they Hockey. record when they record heights, they get a little bit um Creative sometimes? Yes, creative is a good way to describe it. I was gonna say forgiving, because you tell me that somebody like Nick Suzuki is Five eleven, and I'm going to be on the floor laughing. As you should be. You tell me that you know back in the day. Uh, to use one of my favorite players, okay, Sergei all listed at five eight and one eighty five. Okay, the one eighty five, realistic. The guy was a brick house. Uh, five eight, mm, maybe an inch, maybe an inch or two stretching it. <laughs> They were talking about how Vasilevsky might be using something called the steel step skate, and apparently those are no-no in the NHL now, so I don't know if it's the skates, but yeah, this whole photo thing is hinky, and I don't care which angle you shoot it from. The guy looks huge compared to Carey Price. And that's all I wanted to say about it. Is that I think maybe there's something to it, and the people on Twitter actually have a beef. But nothing's going to come of it. There's not going to be any repercussions.
0: Nope, nothing. It's just going to be ignored, sort of like the Brad Aldrich uh, story, with him not with uh, Batman not mentioning it on his radio show and being on national television and not mentioning it not mentioning and not being him. questioned about it at all.
1: Agreed. That would be a slightly more important topic than Vasilevsky's pads.
0: Um, also, more important, and something we might have done a little bit earlier in the show, but uh, I hate going in this direction. Um, uh, Matthias uh, Kivlenk-
1: Kivlen- Kivlenix. No, Mat- yeah, Matthias Kivlenics.
0: Uh The Columbus Blue Jackets passed away. Um, mm-hmm. After a fairly serious fireworks accident uh, at the goalie coach's house, um, that that goalie coach being Manny Legacy, former NHL player, um, it's uh, <laughs> this is ugly. He was 24 years old. Um, as you know, the the Columbus Blue Jackets are struggling team they really can't afford to lose anyone for any reason. And this is, this is ugly. There's just no way. There, there's no two ways about it. Um, it's unfortunate. And, uh, I just wish his family, uh, the best. Um,
1: his, yeah, his family, he had, a uh, at 24, I believe he had a wife and a child uh condolences to the Columbus Blue Jackets family as well. Uh he and Elvis Merzlikins are best buddies.
0: And Merzlikens was there for the uh event as well.
1: It was a not only a July fourth celebration, but they were also celebrate celebrating the wedding of Manny Legacy's daughter over the holiday weekend. I mean, I've read all kinds of weird things he was i read something about him sitting in a he was sitting in the hot tub when it happened and, and it, it, it this story really took off and in my opinion, the story is just that we lost a twenty four year old talent to uh, something that results to a freak accident
0: I think the most generous way we can call uh, – thing we can say about it is human error. Okay. If we just call it human error and leave it there, uh, I think that's all we could, can and should do.
1: I mean, he was in line to actually be – because Columbus was going to have to move on either Corpus Allo or Merslekins because of – all of the 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 cap issues and everything else that are going on. So he was actually in line to be the backup, most likely this upcoming oh, yeah. season. Uh, and his career was on an upward track. I mean, Columbus was looking strong with their their three headed goalie tandem because the Kip Lennox would come up when Mersliekins or Corpasalo went down with injury, and he didn't look lost in the net. This is a kid who, I mean, undrafted. Free agent signing, it, and made his debut in in Madison Square Garden and won the won the game two to one against the Rangers. I mean, it, this is a kid who worked his way up, and at twenty four was on the cusp of, of being a regular in the NHL, and it, to to be struck down like that, yeah, my. Prayers and condolences to the family, friends, teammates. It, it, it's,
2: a sad, it's a sad turn of events um, uh, for somebody that
1: was on an upward track.
0: Absolutely. Uh, again, condolences to his family, friends, coworkers. Um, something I've been waiting for for this draft Um also popped up in the Columbus uh, blog uh, ecosystem. Uh, uh, SB Nations the Canon um, has finally, finally, finally given us something to talk about because Jesper Wall uh, Wallstedt.
1: Jesper yes, Wallstedt, yeah.
0: This Swede could be the next carry Price.
1: I don't know if I'd want. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want that particular uh, title, only because Carey Price. This is this year is the first year he's made it to Stanley Cup final. Uh, but on the other hand, Carey Price has been a successful regular season goaltender. Uh, he's won a Hart Trophy. He's won Vesna. He? Yeah, he's won a Vesna.
0: Yeah, and he's won a Hart. Um,
1: yeah, so, I mean, I I don't know if I'd want to be saddled with next carry price, but you
0: could certainly do worse. You could do worse. And looking at the rankings for this year uh, that the article includes, um, he's not outside. He's pretty much in the top 10 uh, for goaltenders or overall everywhere. FC Hockey has him ranked number seven. McKean's Hockey has him ranked number five. Um, NHL central, central Scouting has him ranked number one among European goaltenders. Um, and then uh, everywhere else, pretty much everywhere else, he's he's pretty high as well.
1: No, he's um, top ten except for
0: – But even still the lowest st- is 16, and that's recruit,
1: <laughs> recruit scouting,
0: scouting, who I've quite frankly not uh, ever used their product uh, or their information. Um, now, so this is, ladies and gentlemen,
1: <laughs> go ahead. There you
0: go. Your next uh, super, your next, your next elite ten million dollar a year goaltender is Jesper Wallstedt.
1: Well, Jesper Jesper Wallstedt was somebody that I had been watching for a bit now because I I do tend to watch you know what what the Red Wings do, uh, and originally I had said on the show and and I. That the Red Wings at wherever they are, we're gonna pick Jesper Wallstead with their first pick. I don't know that the 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 issues the 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 passing of Matthias and Columbus. I think that this throws a kink in the works as far as what Detroit's gonna do, because now I think that Columbus may turn their sights on this young man.
0: They may or they may decide to solve it with the UFA. It's it's hard to say at this point. Um, and is there anything else we want to go over uh, this week?
1: Uh, do you want to talk about the Twitter poll? No. Oh, OK. Fair enough.
0: I didn't think it was. It was inconclusive. So
1: it was. Oh, OK, well, if it's inconclusive, there's not it's not going to do much for us. Um, no, then I think we've covered everything. I, I don't see anything else. Huh? In On that case,
0: ladies and gentlemen, have an awesome week. Uh, we will be back, uh, next week and all summer long, um, to talk hockey. We've got the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about heavily over the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously free agency and the expansion Ooh. draft. Um, mm-hmm whatever trades happen this year and it looks like there's going to be some very interesting trades uh between now and training camp um so don't uh do not turn us off over the summer we're here and we will be here on twitter and probably at development camp uh assuming it's open to the public uh for the bruins in just a couple of weeks
1: this is this is certainly going to be one off season not to miss. I mean, typically, free agency is a harried, you know, first and second day experience. But this year, with the cap being what it is and teams trying to get under it, oh, yeah, this is something to watch.
0: OK, then, ladies and gentlemen, take care and we'll be back next week. Hit us up on Twitter with your ideas, thoughts and comments.